I'm just going to spend a few minutes just introducing something we're going to be doing, uh, running alongside our other groups that we're running, uh, a bit of a, a mini theme really that God dropped on my heart. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. We began the year calling it a disciple's adventure and we spent the first half of the year focused on the Lord's Prayer, teaching on how to pray like disciples, praying for God to be glorified, for his kingdom to come. A disciple's prayer, first and foremost, focuses on what, the, what God wants, not what we want. Yeah? Um, prayer isn't like... A, the Bible is not a book of magic spells. Where if I, if I do it, I'll get what I want. Or if I say the words in a certain order, it'll work out. I don't believe that. The Bible is God's word, which we engage in our life in... in together with the Holy Spirit, he brings it to life for us, uh, especially at certain seasons, where, you know, oh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I ain't got long. Um, so, um, and prayer is the same. Prayer is not just, you know, it's another way to, to achieve the dream, my dreams. It's, it's, a, it's a journey with God in the secret place where we seek his will to be done and his kingdom to come. And... Um, and we realised that actually we are all disciples. When we came to Christ, we didn't come oh, like with a menu of options. I'll take Jesus the Saviour um, with a side of joy and then for my pudding I'll have peace and happiness. Okay? All of those come anyway. The bit about him being Lord and doing what he wants. No, I'll learn of that. I'll say that for the time. Disciples, that's it. We, we don't have menu options. We, we become his followers and our, our journey is about becoming like him and in becoming like him, we do the things that he did, right? And part of that is includes laying our lives down to follow him. Includes taking up our cross and, go, and following after him. We become more than his followers. He becomes more than a good teacher or an advisor or a guide. We actually determined to be disciples who become him. I quote, we quoted Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if you remember this. Christianity without discipleship is Christianity without Christ. To be a Christian by name and not by nature is unfounded in the New Testament scriptures. We are called to be disciples. And my role as a pastor of living grace really is not to assist you to become disciples because you are disciples. If, you, if you're following Jesus, you're his disciple. All right? Say it's not an option. But um, it's to help you on your discipleship journey. This is why we preach. It's why we're going to be holding small groups. It's not done because we ought to do it, but because we want to give you the opportunity to become like Jesus, to be filled with his spirit, to grow in grace and power. And I read this um, uh, beginning of the holidays and it's Philippians 1, 1 to 2. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. It's God's word. And we thank God, we thank him for it. I was hearing someone speak, um, who was it, this week? Just talking again about videos that you can see of Chinese people who get a delivery of Bibles. Yeah, have a look on it. Have a look on YouTube. 
underground churches who get a delivery of Bibles and they open a box and they overflow with joy, tears, and they get the Bible and they clasp it to themselves. I've got the Bible. I've got it. And if there's not enough, they tear it up into, into, into lumps so they can hand it out and they secretly swap it with each other. It's amazing. The Bible is our life. It's our life. And I would, not, I would advise you not to go a single day without reading it because it is our life. Um, so my mind, when I read this, my mind went in the direction of discipleship. Um, that statement, servants of Christ Jesus. You know what? Paul was an amazing man. He did amazing things, right? Timothy, they, they, they had such a great back catalogue of, of activity. All the amazing things they did. He could call himself apostle, preacher, teacher. He could call himself the most influential man in all of Christendom outside of Jesus, potentially. And yet this is what he called himself, servant. I'm a servant. And I just link that into what we've been talking about in our discipleship adventure, that disciples serve. That's what disciples do, they serve. They serve Jesus and they serve his mission. They serve his cause. And the other, my, my, the other direction my mind went in as I thought about this uh, was Victor. And... Um, and I just began to think of all Victor was and is to us right now. And um, I just kind of thought, you know what, he was a servant. He was a servant. He served. And, you know, this uh, a while ago now, and Helen, we love you. We pray for Helen. Please pray for Helen every day. Um, because time just goes by, but the situation is there still. And for those who don't know, Victor is still here in the UK. Um, he's flying back. It's going to be the the funeral will not be till October the twenty twenty fifth. We're talking flying, flying back on the fifteenth. So for Helen, just waiting months and months. Bless her. It's really difficult. Helen, we bless you and we love you, and we're here for Helen, aren't we? Right. It's important we know how to weep with those who weep. It's really easy to be triumphant all the time. Right. But you know what? The Bible says we weep with those who weep. And, um, and I just thought about Victor and all that, because that happened and we had the summer break and we went our separate ways. But, you know, Victor was a servant. And I think though Victor is not with us now, his legacy is with us. And I believe God wants people here to pick his legacy up and run with it. And actually all of us, to pick up that legacy, Victor was a man who served. He served you, he served me, he served the church. He served his university. He said, what can I do to bless? What can I do to bring grace and peace, which we will come back to in a few minutes. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to preach about Victor because we're gonna, we don't want to focus on a person. We want to focus on Jesus, right? But I want to honour Victor in, in this little short series as I look at what it means to be a disciple who serves. What does it mean to be a disciple who follows after Jesus? And I I used these words before, and I think they're right. A long time ago, Victor upgraded to servanthood. He upgraded to servanthood. He was promoted to service. And that is the heart, for me, that is the heart of a disciple, is that I am upgraded to serve 
And this is where we see the upside down nature of the kingdom of God. Then it's presided over by Jesus Christ. You move up by going down. Am I making sense? You're looking at me. You move up in this kingdom by going down. You gain greatness by choosing lowliness. You get promoted by God by demoting yourself and serving others. No, I'm not talking about a Christianity, oh, I'm always me, life's horrible and hard. We're just going to hang on until we get to Jesus. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about attitude within our hearts that we are to carry. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 to 28. Let's have a pause for a cup of coffee. Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28. I forgot I was holding that in my hand. Matthew 20, 26 to 28. Jesus is speaking about what it means to be the greatest, what it means to be at the top. And I shall start reading it and it will come on the screen. It should not be, um, whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Even the Son of Man came not to serve, uh, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it says, whoever will be greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever will be first must be your slave. To be a disciple means to become like Jesus, which means we are to serve. We are to serve one another. We are to serve God. When we choose a life of service, we upgrade. Do we get that? When we choose a life to serve, we upgrade. We become greater as we serve. Our lives become a source of heaven's power on earth and a force for the kingdom. And the opposite is true because this is the kingdom of God and upside down. When we choose to live selfishly, we downgrade. We join the rat race of this world. What can I get? What can I get for me and my tribe? What can I, how can I live for myself to get what I want? We downgrade. We descend into, a, into the meaningless short-term existence of this world that have no hope. Victor was a servant who modelled Jesus. He lived for God's and for others. He invested his today into tomorrow, into our tomorrow, the kingdom's tomorrow. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to go through the book of Philippians because it's my favourite book in the Bible. I've taught from it before in small groups. I love Philippians. It's a really challenging book. It's a really challenging book. Um, it sets a really high bar for Christian living. But if you're going to go for something, go for the top, right? Yeah? If you're going to be something, let's try and be the best at it. Yeah? Um, and I just want to go through the four chapters and just show how that book shows what service is like. And I'm just going to introduce those four areas now. Um, and we're going to pick up on them. I and other people are going to pick on, upon some of these um, that I hope you'll find helpful. And the first thing is, um, we're going to see, there it is. I've got a few more scriptures in Philippians, okay? So going back to Philippians, one from chapter 1, 2, 3 and 4. Elijah, you're doing a great job, my friends. Look at him. Bless him. First, we're going to see a disciple is a servant of the gospel. A disciple is a servant of the gospel. Philippians 1, chapter 12. No, 
Philippians 1 verse 12. That's really going to throw him. Philippians 1 verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Philippians 1.12, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. The Apostle Paul saw every situation as an opportunity to bring Jesus to those who needed to hear. Every situation became an opportunity to serve the gospel. The most powerful agent for change in our world is the love of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because you are a Christian in, every, in, in, in the situation you're in, it means every situation has hope. Every situation has hope. Now, no matter how dark it looks, because you are a Christian, there is hope. Amen? Yes, there is. There is hope. Why? Because you're the Christian in the room. Whether it's your workplace, your home, your family, you're looking at your bank balance, there's hope. Why? Because as we've heard this morning, I'm the one looking to Jesus and he always brings an answer. Yeah? And in that, however dark it may be, as I shine for Jesus, I'm pushing the gospel forward. I'm pushing the gospel on. I know that Victor loved and took the gospel into every situation. Everyone he could talk to, he would look to point them to Jesus. A serving disciple seeks to change their mindset so they do not see themselves as a victim. We don't see ourselves as a victim. I'm not talking about what we're going to start doing straight away. These are processes we have to go through to become more like Jesus. But you know, I don't believe Jesus ever saw himself as a victim. Even though he was despised by most people, he was abandoned by his family, he was abandoned by the, his own people, he was abandoned by the world that he created. He never saw himself as a victim because he always knew what he was come to do and he set his face like a flint to do it. Christians who have hope in Jesus don't have to see themselves as victims. It's not fair. What was it that Balotelli, remember the footballer Balotelli? You probably won't remember. But he used to have a T-shirt under his, under his top. He'd lift it up. Why is it always me? Why is it always me? Christians don't have to live that way. And do you, do you know that every situation you go into becomes an opportunity for the gospel to be set forward? Who wants to go to prison? I'm not asking you. This is a rhetorical question. Who wants to go to prison? Who would put the yeah, go to prison? Nobody wants to go to prison. I don't think Paul wanted to go to prison. And many reasons, for many, he may have said, if I go to prison, what am I going to do with my mission? He said, you know what, if I'm going to go to prison, then my mission's not going to stop. Because don't you know, even being in prison, I'm going to advance the gospel. Every situation, it's not easy, is it? You know what, I, I bless Jane. Because we have, we have a little group that we share things with. And every morning she's on her way to chemo. She says, I'm going to be the light in the darkness. In that chemo suite. Doesn't she? People will know. She says it every time. I'm going to find opportunity to share for Jesus. How many of me would say, I've got to get through this? <laughs> Just got to get through it. We can do it. Because as servants, we look to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's what is most important for our world right now. And we're going to learn about this. And I know you might look at me and say, oh man, I can't do that. 
you know, I'm, just, I'm not sure I can do it right now. But the point is we want to encourage you and train and equip each other. I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for something bigger than me. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is one of those things. We see that in Jane. We see that in Victor. More importantly, we see it in Jesus and it can be seen in all of us. I'm going to work tomorrow. Work is horrible. You might be saying this. I'm not saying it. You go to work tomorrow. Work is horrible. You know what? It's backbiting. It's real. Oh, what have I got to do? What have I got to do? Maybe your prayer right now is God has given me strength to get through the day. Maybe we're going to change that and say, God, give me strength to get through the day. And by the way, while I'm there, let me be shining for you because I can advance the gospel because I serve the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to see, secondly, a disciple serves others. A disciple serves the gospel. A disciple serves others. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. Philippians 2, verses 3 to 4. And we've heard again this this morning, actually. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not look into your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In one of the reasons I love Philippians is it contains one of the most beautiful pieces of scripture, um, I think, anywhere in, in the Bible, Philippians 2. Uh, whether it was a hymn, an old hymn they sang, or a bit of poetry he wrote or he adopted, but when he says your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who though being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be, to be reached, but taking the nature of a servant and humbling himself to be a man, he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Beautiful. Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. This is the word of God. One of the few bits of scripture I nearly know half by heart. But what Paul is saying you know what Jesus was like? This is what I want you to be. That's a bit scary. You know what? Because we are told, do not, um, as we've just read there, um, let each of you lo- look only to his own interests, but the interests of others. That's what Jesus did, right? Why are you here? Why are you here? Because Jesus didn't look to his own interest, but looked to your interest. And we want to see that a disciple serves others. One of the wonderful things about our friend Victor is the amount of stories of people who said, I wouldn't be where I am without Victor. I wouldn't have got my degree. I wouldn't have got my job. I wouldn't have got this far, that far. Because he served people. A disciple serves others. A disciple realises, you know what, God has given me gifts. And if I hold on to my gift... I become like that man with the power of the talents who gets given something by God and I sit on my backside and this is just for me and nobody else. That's not the height of living for a Christian. I'm going to take what God has given me and I'm going to sow it into other people and I'm going to raise a harvest for this world and the next world. Hallelujah. A disciple serves others. A disciple exists to serve other people. And you know what, you might be sitting there, I wonder how, how many times you sit there and think, oh, I, could, I could never do what Dave does. I couldn't stand here and do what Dave does. 
I couldn't stand there and do what Hazel or Rose do. I couldn't stand here and do what Elliot or Becca used to do. I couldn't do that. I couldn't give words of knowledge. I don't know how to prophesy. Well, you know, you can know how to prophesy, by the way. We can all do it. Jesus calls all to it. That's too hard for me. But you know what we can all do? Right? We can serve each other. We can do it. We can find out there's a need over there. I can do that. I've got this gift. I've got this talent. You know, I've got 20 quid that I was going to spend on coffee. I'm going to give it to somebody that I've heard doesn't have 20 pounds to spend on their gas bill. You know what I mean? It doesn't take a degree or a big spiritual anointing. But you know what? I think when we get to heaven, you know what God's going to think are the highest of? It's those attitudes of love. Because I can preach and prophesy, but if I don't know how to serve others, then I'm just one big fat noise. Literally. One big fat noise. But if I can serve, I become Jesus for somebody else straight away. Does that make sense? We can all do it. We're going to learn that a disciple serves the gospel. A disciple serves others. We're going to see that a disciple serves by the Spirit. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. Philippians 3, 3 to 4. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. A disciple who serves is not doing it from his flesh, or his resources, or his experience, or expertise alone. Though, of course, there's the will involved. But we have to understand, we don't qualify to be a servant. We, we serve to qualify. You don't need qualifications to become a servant. But in serving, we qualify for all that God has got for us. And I know it doesn't matter what our past is, it doesn't matter what experiences we have. And Paul goes on to list, you know, I was a great theologian. I, I had this power, I had that power. I knew this, I knew that. But it came to it, he said, you know what? It was rubbish. It was rubbish. And the words, the Greek words that he uses, you may know this, is not a pleasant word. It's to do with, yeah, piles of rubbish. Okay? <laughs> I can't think of a delicate word to say. It has nothing. What I have has come from God. Who I am is defined in God. Who I am is it's living out what is the spirit in me. It's the spirit in me living out. And, I, and I, God is, wants to give me his connection to his Holy Spirit that I live out of the power of that and not out of the power of my flesh. Again, to honour Victor, I know this is how he lived, not for his own glory, not for his own self-gratification. He didn't get the degrees to say, I've got the degrees. He got the degrees to serve others. For the Spirit and for God's glory. We are to serve by the Spirit. And finally, we're going to see that as disciples, we serve with perseverance. And we serve with faithfulness. Next week, next Sunday, we're celebrating Lighthouse. And, um, and Leah has stepped up and has started working in schools. Richard, after 20 plus years, how many? 24? 21 years, a bit like his age. He's stepping down, has stepped down. 
And um, Richard has served Northampton schools. And he's done it with faithfulness and perseverance. And the thing about doing things with perseverance and faithfulness is we don't always see the results. We don't always see it. Um, all through scripture we see that. People who served faithfully but didn't see the results of what they did. But the serving faithfully is what God is looking for. God is not looking for results from us, first of all. He's looking for faithfulness and perseverance in what God has given us to do. And we've seen sometimes we see it, other times we don't. But the thing is, I'm a servant and I'm doing it for you, Jesus. Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9, Elijah. Philippians 4, 8 to 9. says, finally... Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul said, practice it. Who knew you had to practice at being a Christian? You have to put it, you have to practice it. You know, the last, over the last year, there have been times when I, when I, I would have thrown, I, 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 I could have just, oh, forget it. Honestly. But we have to take what we do, know and we have to practice it. God, I'm here to serve you. This is your word over my life. This is what you've said to me. I'm going to do it. And I could sit and look at this, I can sit and look at bad things, I can sit and look at things going wrong, I can look at all the things, I let them define me, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to focus on what God has said to me and what he's going to do, in, what he said he's going to do, and I'm going to serve out of that and not out of that. If I served out of that, I tell you what, I'd be in Italy right now, anywhere. But you know what, I'm serving because I'm focusing on what he's called me to. And I may not see it all yet. I may not experience it all yet. But we are going to stand firm. Paul says that in a few verses before. Stand firm in this way. A life of service is not easy. We don't always get the results we want. We don't always see them in this life. But his disciple who serves is not living for this life. He's living for my life. I'm not living for my life. I'm living for him and for what he wants to do in the earth and beyond. I warned you that Paul's letter to the Philippians, it's famously vigorous in the way it encourages people to live for God. It encourages people to be self-humbling, to press on towards the goal. It says things like, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> do not be anxious. I mean, that's what it says. It doesn't say, you know... Be a little bit anxious if you like. Do not be anxious about anything. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. It's quite a vigorous form of Christianity, if you like. But what it does, it sets a pinnacle of Christian experience. And you know what? Sometimes things take investment, determination and practice to become the best. And while we have the grace of God to help us, of course we do. It takes something of our will to persevere and a cost to be paid to see what we want to see. Disciples serve. And I would love, we see it to a great extent already and I thank God for this church and all we are. But you know what? Victor showed us and left us a legacy of what it means to serve the gospel, to serve one another. 
to serve by the Spirit and to serve with faithfulness and perseverance. And, you know, we don't always get to see what we want to see. But the point is we've served the way God called us to serve. When Paul said, just really quick, it's quarter past 12. Um, when Paul said in those words, maybe we can go back to Philippians 1, Elijah 1 to 2. When Paul said servants of Jesus Christ, Paul is his servant, the Greek word is doulos, which is ironically is where the king lives in um, Shrek. Interesting, just a little side of it. Isn't that right, doulos? Uh, D-O-U-L-O-U-S. And actually the word is slave. The word isn't servant, it's slave. Paul and Timothy, slave of Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible gets into a lot of trouble with people who want to be sceptical about it because it promotes slavery. And in our mind, when we think of slavery, we think of slave trafficking and um, you know, 17th, 18th century, 19th century. Horrendous. Um, and people say the Bible encourages slavery. I don't believe that. You can get into that resource to show you. Slavery in Roman times was very different. In many respects, that's kind of slavery. Many slaves in Roman times actually rose through households to great positions. I'm not saying it was fun for slaves. Anyway, that's the word he uses. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. And what a slave, what it means is that I give up my own interests for the interests of my master. That's the word. Another word you might see in your, in your book, in your Bible, is bond servants. And Paul would know the Hebrew root of that word, which is ebed, ebed, where slavery was permitted under the, under the Mosaic law, but very, is very regulated. Somebody didn't have, didn't have any money, they could go into slavery, but they had, the families weren't allowed to be broken up, and after a set amount of time, they had to be released. But if the slave loved his master so much he didn't want to be released, he was allowed to stay in his master's service. You might know the story. He would put his ear against the doorpost. They get a little me- a wooden uh, awl, A-W-L. Bradall, oh, there you go, from the word Bradall. Thank you, Bradshaw. And he would drive it into his ear. And he would say, I am forever the slave of my master. It was a voluntary ag- arrangement. Paul is saying, I've had my ear pierced for Jesus. And I'm a bondservant forever and ever, a slave to Jesus Christ. That's challenging, isn't it? It's challenging. It's challenging. But what I love, what I, okay, that's really hard. It is, it is kind of hard to think, but that's okay because Jesus said some hard things. But I want to help us to, to get to that place where we're living the highest level we can. And you don't just go from here to here in one step. It's a process. If we can just learn to serve one another, we grow in grace, we grow in peace. And what I love about this verse, what really brought me to this, this verse and to Victor, grace and peace. Servants of God become purveyors of grace and peace. How many here, if I asked you to raise your hand, would say they were a recipient of grace or peace from Victor? Yeah, he didn't raise your hand. So that's what they do. Servants of Jesus Christ have a kit bag of grace and peace. And I want you and I want me to spend my life doling out. Here, Rose, have some grace. Louise, here's some peace. I just bring it with me into the room. So that the atmosphere, when I walk into a room, the atmosphere I'm bringing is not dread or fear or or scepticism. 
I walk into a room and I've got grace and peace in my backpack. Who wants some? Here we go. Um, Who's going to do that? It's slaves of Jesus Christ who go into a situation and give out grace and peace. And I want to help you do that because I think if we do that, that's really living. That's really living. Forget Forget the two cars, forget the cottage in the village. We'll take that as well. But alongside that, I'm delivering grace and peace. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to do. And part of this will be our getting together on a Tuesday and a Monday, men and women, discipling, learning, encouraging each other, building each other on, spurring one another on to more of him. Amen? So it's going to be just a few weeks. It might go beyond Christmas. We've got other things to do. We've got, we've got a lighthouse celebration. Uh, we've got dedications. We've got baptisms coming up in this little semester we've got coming now. But in, in between it all, we're going to learn what it means to be disciples who serve. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Please, I, head bows. I'm not here t- to berate um, to berate people really at all because you know what I'm I'm preaching to myself. I, I'll say honestly, if I only preached about the things that I'd done and got right, I wouldn't preach much. I'm with you. I I, I want to be somebody who knows how to serve. And right now, then you might just in what I've introduced here today, there might be some aspect of what I've said where you're thinking Holy Spirit straight away has just said you know what I want to work with you in this I want to make you more like Jesus in this area I want to I want to sacrifice I want to lay something down right now where I've been I've not been a slave of yours I've been a slave to 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 people's opinions I've been a slave to the world I've been a slave to materialism or I've been a slave to ambition You know what, maybe the Holy Spirit this morning right now is saying, we're going to work on that together. The Holy Spirit's not bashing you about, he's saying to you, we're going to work on this over the next few weeks. Because the Holy Spirit wants you free. He wants you free to be like Jesus. He loves you that much. His goal is for you to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's just take a moment just in quiet and just allow yourself to respond to God. Heavenly Father, we come back to you again. As we close today, we come back to Jesus. We come back to your word over us. God, you've called us to be a church that, that reaches out in mission to the many thousands in this, in this town. Um, and God, I just, my role in that, I think, is try and help people to be the best Jesus they can be. And God, you call us into a discipleship relationship. Just remember those amazing words. They, they, they took note that they had been with Jesus. God, we want people to know we've been with Jesus. Because we take grace and peace into every situation. And God, I pray that we will become individuals and a church that serve the gospel, that excel at serving one another.
that serve by the Spirit and not by the flesh, and that serve with perseverance and faithfulness. And God, as we journey together in, on Sunday and in small groups, Lord, I, I pray, God, that we would find ourselves coming more and more alive. As we lay down more, we'll be lifted up. As we downgrade ourselves, as it were, we'll be upgraded by you. As we become the servant of all, you would lift us up to the place that you want us to be. God, I bless every member of Living Grace Church. I pray that there will be an, an outpouring of joy and grace and peace, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that we won't be living mundane lives of, of, of mediocrity in a world just following the world's path. I pray that our life would be a disciple's adventure, that we would know what it is to live for you, God, and to become more like you day by day. Father, we bless all those here that are struggling in pain, they're struggling with sickness or situations. We speak the word of blessing over them. We speak the word of truth and the word of, word of life. We bless Jane right there now in hospital and we just speak into her life and we speak your word. We just say, be healed, Jane, in the name of Jesus. Be restored, let life come into you. We know, we know she's yours forever, but she is yours right now. So we speak that word over her in the name of Jesus. And in these coming days and weeks and months, that we'll be a family that move forward together in prayer and praise to see your kingdom come and your will being done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 If anybody has any questions about anything at all from what I've said this morning, then please be free to, to come and speak to me. Here is the offering. The bowls are to be filled. We'll pass them round, everybody. I was going to rhyme, but I can't. God, I pray that you would... Um, you know I pray you bless us as we give. Lord, I thank you for our resources. And here's one way we can serve you and others, is by giving to you what you've asked us to give you. So God, as the bowls go around and as we finish... God, may they be filled with resources for your kingdom. And would you bless the givers, I pray in Jesus' name. And thank you again for all we have and our, the richness of our nation. We thank you for the privilege we have and we share them now in Jesus' name. Amen.